What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'd like to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Road Show. I am here once again from London, England, in Harrow, at 19 Northway Park Ave, with a whole bevy of podcast guests to introduce to you guys. I'm going to go from my left, circling around to me, and then to my right. We've got Joe Perkins. Hello. Josh Davies. Hello. Jake. Hello. <laughs> myself, Christy Watson. Hello. And Toby Rivers, who was on my football podcast a couple days ago. Yeah, Bob. Good to have you back. He's got off for a baseball. Now, one of, the, one of the things that just happened before we, I pressed record was we were talking about what to talk about. And we were going off on tangents and sort of being brought back. And Joshua said I had to make an executive decision. And I thought that is sort of an analogy for what the stage of most of our lives is right now. Because... When you are out post-school, now I, most of us are graduated. Toby and Chrissy, you guys are about to graduate, yes? Yes, yep. right. So you're on the cusp of being in the same boat that Joe, Josh, Jake, and myself are in, where we are not in school, but I would not call ourselves proper adults yet. And I think you can spend as much time as you'd like to going from uh, – random topic to random topic aimlessly but at a certain point you have to make an executive decision yeah. right? Yeah, right and so the first question is how much pressure I'll start with you Joe is how much pressure do you feel to try and make that sort of decision as to okay I'm going to decide right now as a 20 something year old that this is what I want to do and stick to it you know what I mean okay that's a tough that's a really one I know, I know that's a tough question to ask right off the bat and I, th- I I don't know. I feel like like there's an overwhelming pressure nowadays. When people when when people say, "Oh, you should take your life seriously," that means okay, get a job, get a salary, get this, get that, get a really nice flight and fucking Finchley Road or whatever. Is mm-hmm. um, we allowed to swear? You were allowed to swear. <laughs> okay, cool. yes. But but in reality, it really depends on the con- upon the context. Like me, Jake, Josh, like all of us, we're in we're in the world of music. You guys and, are musicians. And and and, and well, being a musician, like like. Music, the music industry is the single most competitive industry outside of professional sports, really. Particularly in London. Oh, yeah. In a place where yeah, lots yeah, yeah, and yeah, lots yeah. and lots of people are trying to be in a band or just sort of yeah, make it yeah, musically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I struggled with the sort of... I struggled with it a lot. Like, this... Don't cry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a really strange, like... Just that fish cake. Like if you want to be in a band, you you have to get to a point where if if it if this is really what you want to do for like the foreseeable future, you have to accept the fact that you're not going to be like you're not going to be fucking rich in no. the next five years. You're not going to be. You you just can't think about sort of financial stability. You know what I mean? There's that that's not a thing that should cross your mind. So you have to the accept next, the fact for the, that for the next three to five years, mm-hmm. you have to accept the fact that you're probably going to struggle financially but in pretty much every other area of your life you're probably going to prosper quite a lot like mm. you know since I've graduated I've gone I've, I've gone through fairly tough times in terms of like really just coming to terms with the fact that I'm I'm probably not going to be that financially stable mm-hmm. over the next couple of years but at the same time when I've when I've as soon as I've just completely let that notion go, as soon as I... But have you come to... So you say you come I, to terms yeah, yeah. with that. As soon as you come to terms with the fact that it, it, it's just not going to happen, as soon as you come to terms with that, it's everything else becomes so much better. Like, you know, I've been able to actually just do stuff. Right. Like, when you're an independent... When, when you're an independent person, you know, be, being part of, like, an independent band, like, you have so much... 
opportunity to just just do shit for yourself like you don't you don't have someone breathing down your neck saying you can't do this yeah. and you can't do that you can only do this you can only do that you can literally do whatever you want like obviously I, I have to I have to I have to like you know I have to pay my rent and I have to pay my bills and stuff yeah. and for those reasons I work in a bar which offers me the flexibility to be able to decide when I want to work but also to decide when I want to pursue my career and and, and I think you know those hours you know the, the hours that I spend at the bar like I don't uh, but when you know when, when, when my hours are finished as soon as it hits 6 o'clock or 7 or 12 whatever I can just I can just forget about that job yeah. and focus on everything else Jake. Um, Jake. I mean, it's funny that you said that because, um, just to clarify, me and Joe are actually in a band. Um, so I kind of. Me and shout, out, shout out to Goodbye Brighton, go listen to their music. Yeah, um, So I think uh, me and Joe, in the, uh, in the scheme of like mindsets, we're quite similar in the same way. And um, I think we agree on a lot of stuff. It's ironic that we agree on a lot of stuff because we kind of argue quite a bit about stuff in the nice, friendly way. But um, as he was talking about. Uh, talking about having like the hours of being like a creative and like working on your own music and like no one's screaming down the back of your neck to kind of do stuff. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, for me, it's kind of a bad thing because I think you get quite lazy. Like I know plenty of musicians and plenty of creatives who have this kind of, they're incredible people and they have incredible like creative like processes in the way that they do stuff. But at the same time, like they're just so like lazy and there's no way for them to actually like get out there and do something with their lives and you know that's why they you know at the end of the day just like don't progress they don't progress no and they just like do the same thing over and over again it's just like this, you know so <laughs> go on Tom <laughs> well I think yeah well because I still haven't finished uni I'm in third year so I'd like I'm to point out I'd like to point out in detail that Toby's rolling a fag as he's making yeah. his points <laughs> go on so, which for those Americans means he's he's hand rolling a cigarette. Okay. <laughs> so, Sorry, English people don't have as much money. So. Go on. Well, so basically, like you know, obviously you two have gone out of uni or whatnot, and I'm I'm still in this kind of uni bubble, and I still haven't really come to terms in terms of what kind of grafting is after the kind of student loan, in terms of that every single month you have to make a certain amount of money enable it to be able to kind of pay your bills, pay your rent, do things that you want to do. Have a pint every now and then. And yeah. Have a pint every now and then. And actually go out and have fun and be able to actually accept that the place that we're in is such a big fucking massive city. It's got so much stuff in it that we have to be able to kind of judge in terms of where the money's going and whatnot. I'm still in that kind of uni bubble where, yeah, I've still got a fucking student loan. I'm all right. I've got a lot of kind of... I've got a decent amount of money coming in and whatnot to be able to do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think the challenge is for me, and maybe for Christy, I don't know, but the challenge is, is to be able to kind of... Prioritise. Yeah, prioritise what these guys are doing in terms of what where the money's going and kind of having that creative vision as it were and trying to succeed at trying to get in that goal I mean you know me and Josh are in the same like we're in a band shout out to OMG OMG Collective, Collective. <laughs> <laughs> listen on Spotify 
Not a plug in tonight, but jump. Book, book, book! Actually, AJ and Christy are making a band as well. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So shout out to those guys' bands as well. It's coming out soon. What's that going to be called? It's called Beauty and the Ginger. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is it going to be like trap music, isn't it? No question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's the thing, though. Like, I, th- I think it's just about when you're outside this uni bubble, it's about prioritizing yeah. and kind of thinking about first and foremost where do you want to be in about five years time what do you want to be doing where do you see yourself and how are you going to get there Krista do you feel the same kind of pressure uh, uh, just in terms of as you're finishing uni because if you're not a musician then you are more likely going to have a boss but that's for most people you told us when we saw you earlier today that you have no intention of having a boss and sort of climbing a corporate ladder because you want to well, start it yourself well the thing is I think it's different in my industry because in fashion obviously you know you have to get an entry level job and then you work your way up and it take, you know you're about 35 by the time you're on 80k plus it's a long time but it's, I mean it's a good degree that I'm doing but I don't really feel the same pressure luckily don't feel the same pressure that um, Toby does because you know I've always had um, someone to rely on, with my parents to rely on, with different things, and I I know that I'm not really gonna you know be employed for very long. I'm hopefully gonna start up a company to do with my degree, uh, like fashion merchandising, um, advertising, some like retailing, digital retailing, and I think that everybody everybody at uni has it different. Everyone comes from different backgrounds, everyone, you know, has different struggles and I think I'm just very lucky to, you know, be in the situation that I am. Um, but of course I feel pressure, like pressure from my parents, they want me to get a good job, they want me to do well. It's all the same, it's all the same, so. Josh, do you find that when you're in a spot where you guys don't necessarily get to live comfortably check to check yeah. as being a musician, that that freedom to not have a corporate entity to answer to is too too freeing because therefore the more free time you have the less productive you are with it or do you find that it's easy ish to allot your time for this this and this and uh, uh, keep yourself as busy as possible to get as much done in a given day or a given week mm. like do you can you find do you find it easy to have a balance like that no, no, no. I don't. I don't find it easy at all because I, th- I think, basically, when you've got you've got the time and the opportunity at uni to be on someone else's time, which mm-hmm. I'm, t- I guess, I'm, I'm kind of talking about the government's time, where they are basically giving us money to just kind of do what we want with it. Ish. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that it goes, it goes on rent, it goes on this, that, and the other, but. It's it's not our time that we that is is being is being kind of paid for us. It's mm. it's this kind of external factor which is kind of just, I guess, making us kind of feel relaxed and not have that uh, that that main kind of um, stress that that most I think most adults can probably relate to. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to um, coming out of uni, it, it it becomes more of a yeah, like we were talking about earlier, like the prioritizing. Um, and the uh, and the kind of idea that that now now it's it's your time it's your it's your time to kind of um, to t- take take this wherever you want it because now that we don't have f- financial backing from any anywhere it's like y- 
you've got to make it on your own and you've got to start sorting your own shit out before <laughs> basically before uh, before you get start racking up kind of like, debt, like instant debt so like debt to either your parents if you can't cover your rent for that month or debt to like friends or whoever and it's like yeah obviously we're in this industry where it's not con- well if you want to well for me I'm a producer well trying to be a producer and a musician and trying to find consistent work in exactly what I want to do isn't really a, uh, a thing you can just fall into um, unless you know unless you're very lucky and know, know some crazy people but in terms of the balance it's, yeah no it's, it's, it's really hard and it's, it takes a lot of self-discipline um, in within your creativity so once you f- figure out your creative process it then takes discipline within that to to really push you I think go on then Joe um, well I think yeah, uh, just to sort of chime in with the sort of general discussion, I met this guy a while ago called Paul Wally. Um, I met him at a name drop. No, 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 not even a name drop. Most people would know it, but anyway, I, I met him at a show and uh, we got chatting, and I thought he was a really cool guy. And <clears throat> turns out earlier he he has a studio at Tower Yard, which is like basically the hub of like the UK music industry, the UK commercial music industry. Like mm-hmm. Mark Bronson has his UK base at Tower Yard Studios. It's like, you know, it's a big place and so does Liam Gallagher with with um, with Pretty Green and a load of other like booking agents mm-hmm. and small record labels and stuff like that have their base at Tower Yard. Anyway, this dude had had a had a studio at Tower Yard and he's in his late twenties and I I went for a coffee with him. I just asked him, I was like, oh dude can we go for a coffee sometime? Mm-hmm. I'd love to pick your brain. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, this one thing that he said to me, so he's a writer slash producer sort of thing. He makes a lot of money out of songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said to me, that th- when he was like, he studied at Royal Academy, the Royal Academy of Music. And while he was studying there, one of his, one of his professors said to him, like, so he played trumpet at the time. That was the only thing he played. Um, Jimmy. We put I yeah, I gotta apologize. Sorry, Jimmy. Right. Jim. So he Jim. only played he only he literally just played trumpet at the time and his professor said to him, like You're not you're not a trumpet player. Wow. You're a musician who happens to play the trumpet. Yeah. Because basically he was saying that that same musicality applies to every pretty much every single instrument right. on the planet. That makes sense. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like people are incredibly versatile. Like just because you say, "Oh, I'm a producer," doesn't mean you're necessarily just a producer. You're a producer who just happens to have the musicality of someone who's interested in that sort of thing. Well, that's what like what I'm trying to say is like don't pigeonhole yourself. Like you got to even though in 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 in, in 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 the words of many, like I don't know who originally said it, but like I like to say, like I just like to throw shit at the walls and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Like throwing shit at the wall is such an important thing these days, especially for someone, especially for for, for, for people going into industries that are as competitive as the music industry. Like, Certainly. you know, it's so hard to make it as a soul songwriter, a soul singer songwriter. Look at someone like Ed Sheeran, spent years and years touring. Like shout, shout, out, shout, shout out Ginger's world. Shout out to Ed Sheeran. But like you know, like look at people shout like that. Out to like, cousin. You know, that's a shining <laughs> example of someone who worked their fucking ass off to get where they are. For lots and, of songs and, for lots know, of people. Exactly. Most people aren't really prepared to go to the lengths that he did to get where he is. But Jake? what I what I'm saying Sorry. is 
is is that you have to be versatile in in this sort of industry. You're not just a musician, like you know, you're not even just a a, a drummer who happens to play the drums, like you, or a musician that happens to play the drums. Like you're more than that. You're you're more than just a musician. You're more than just a producer. Like, mm-hmm. People are so versatile, and it's so. I think it's so important to to exploit that as much as you can, especially in this industry. But yeah, go on, Jack. I was just about to say. I mean, unfortunately, because with all that that's all good but I think now I think most musicians and most people like producers and creatives know this already because that's the only way that people work because you you know any opportunity that comes up or arises um, you have to you know because like back in the day you know most people would kind of blag it like most of the industry standard people we talk about that like managers or producers or whoever mm. you know it's kind of like these fairy tale stories where they kind of like were in the right place at the right time yep. but they had no idea what they were doing you know they had no idea what they were doing so they just fell into it there was this guy um, I mean uh, there's this guy you actually watch on Netflix it's a really good um, documentary about this uh this um this manager who kind of came into him said oh, what's his net what was this guy's name oh what you mean the supermatch um you know the guy who did uh, Alice Cooper Alice Cooper yeah yeah, what's yeah but name? but the thing the thing is like, with know. with but, but I mean <laughs> I'm not trying <laughs> to hijack I'm not trying to hijack it but like but at Joe's the same time Joe did make his own luck to an extent like he took he took a risk he took a risk he ran away from home anyway point being and moved to Las Vegas it's not just like he fell into it I just wanted to know his name so anyway my point being was um. Nowadays, because obviously he kind of fell into it and then he just did managing for most of his life until, you know, later in his career and he did other stuff. Um, just a little shout out, watch that documentary because anyone that wants to become a manager is really, really, it's a really good one. Anyway, I think nowadays with uh, creatives, you know, you kind of have to like be your master, you know, jack of all trades really, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a shame because I feel like... Um, compared, uh, you know, compared to the, not an opinion, but what you said about it, I feel like it's unfortunate because I feel like there are some incredible people at uni or like incredible people that are working on stuff, and um, they have this this idea that they have to be everything and do everything. Whereas, like, you meet a guy who's like a really good drummer, and all he wants to do is just be in a band, just play drums, and he's been told by his like whoever, like, you can't do that, man. You got, you know, you got to learn how to like you know how to like produce drums like you know Steve Jordan you know and it's a shame because like he just the guy just wants to play drums and he's great at drums and right. he should get that gig but unfortunately nowadays it's like he can't because that's it you know it's the industry where like but haven't people got haven't you have to evolve though that's the thing like, as, as a musician especially in a time like now you have to be able to evolve oh yeah of course and the kind yeah. of surroundings that you're in you have to be able to make it Especially if you're a session musician, as me and Joe were talking about the other, like last night, you have to be able to make yourself like an indispensable member of that session music. Swiss Army knife. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be able to be indispensable yeah. to the cause. Do you know what I mean? Like you're playing for someone, and you have to be able to be. You ha- you you can't be replaced, as it were. Otherwise, you're gonna not be in the job anymore. And that's where the point, and similar to what Jake and Joe said, you have to be able to kind of have more strings to your bow. I think, fair enough, if someone wants to be a drummer, they want to be a drummer. Yeah. And they want to be in a band, fair enough. Like, that is their dream goal at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, you have to have something else in your locker, as with any industry, where you're going to have to bring in the money from somewhere, especially if you're going down that specific route. So, 
I mean, I'd just like to chime in here. As I was saying earlier, like I'm like financial stability is not something I really worry about these days. I work my hours and I pay my rent, I pay my bills and stuff, and I just about get by maybe saving a couple of quid here and there. But as I said, financial stability is not really something I should be worried about in my early 20s. It's not something I worry about at all. But that sort of, that mindset liberates me from from having to worry about making money from everything I do. That's not something you should worry about, especially at these stages. Like I, like someone might have mentioned earlier, I'm running a charity event in two weeks time. Like literally the first 24 hours, we've made about 500 quid in ticket sales. And I'm not making a penny of that, but I don't care because it's a it's a charity, and b it's I, I you know I'm not I'm not it's concerned. I'm not. It's the experience exactly. The experience is so much more valuable than just just instant money these days. Like it, I think we're in it. We're in an age where it's so like it, we're in an age where people can can explore so many different avenues all the time. Like I I can I can be a drummer but I can be a promoter at the same time. And I can also be an MC of like intimate gigs. Like it, I can do all those things all at the same time. I'm, it might, I might not make a load of money out of it, but I enjoy it so much, probably more so than I would 30K a year. Uh, and I think it's important for, especially like creatives, I think it's really important for people to like, just bear that in mind. Like, it, like, it, like these days, especially these days when, when, when it's, it's it, like people can can explore more opportunities than ever before. I think it's important to remember that. Okay. I, th- I think it's just important that people don't sort of prioritize money like a salary, thirty k, or like just just money in general the, as the most important thing in someone's life. It's because it's it's just. I don't think it is. Like I think, as Toby said, it's experience that. I would I would I would postulate the idea that. And I was talking about this earlier when I was with you guys that if there's ever a time where you don't need to prioritize that and you should prioritize uh, whatever it is you'd like to do, as hard as that may be, it is now because you have the quote, I, I like to call it equity in years, equity in youth, where if you truly take a swing at it and you're not sitting around pretending like you're going to wake up one day and things are going to snap into place. If you actually are on your grind and you go at it for a period of time and it doesn't work and you get to sort of say to yourself that you took a swing at it but you missed, that that is much better than not swinging at all in exchange for some sort of financial stability in a career that maybe you're not that you're not as passionate about. Would you guys all say that if you'd, you'd rather have You'd rather try and have it not work out than do what was safe but more financially advisable. Would you say that, Josh? Yeah. Always, always, always you got, well, for me, it's always about about doing what you love. And it's like, if, I think, without trying to get too, like, wishy-washy about it, I think it's like, if you're not doing the, something that fulfills you in a, in, in almost like a passionate way, then you're always gonna feel like, ah, oh, like, um, why, why am I kind of waking up and and kind of almost dreading going into work in the morning? Why am I kind of, uh, I'm gr- grinding away at this at this, I guess this thing that actually 
this is this isn't this isn't the dream that I had. This isn't the kind of um, aspiration that I was working towards as a as a kid and as as those those dreams that you had, I guess, growing up and as you learn and you learn what you like and you learn what you love, because those two things are very different. Because a lot of people just fall into things that are uh, that are just. I mean, that that are kind of are kind of just like. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm good at this. I I mm-hmm. can I can I can do this. I can get by. Yeah, and um, if it pays me well, then cool. And and that's sometimes as far as it goes for people. But everyone can have so. Every, everyone's got a passion. Everyone loves to do something, whatever it is. I mean, I like to podcast. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and uh, and it's just about it's just about. Trying, trying to be true to that. I mean, if you want to listen to that within yourself, if you want to listen to that and just be like, "Look, it's as simple as this feeling I get when I, etc., etc." It's a really good point. Um, but I mean, not everyone chooses that. But for me, I have to. I have to follow. That. I just, go on, Jake. Just as, I mean, you know what? That as you were saying that, I actually thought something when when we were talking about doing this podcast. Um, because I'm quite a fan of the pod, you know, quite a lot of podcasts, like the Ricky Gervais one from XFM. I yeah. think that was fantastic. Yeah. You know, I think we all kind of, I mean, for me, that was fun. You know, I loved that when I was a kid, and um, and I remember, I don't know if it was, uh, maybe it was wrong or right, but anyway, I remember Ricky Gervais on an interview ages ago. He said about comedy, and he like was telling about it, and he was saying how much like. In the old days, when he started out, he didn't do it really for money. It was that typical thing, like, I would do it for, like, the love of it, man. But he did it because he was with, like, friends and stuff, and mm. they thought he was funny. And, like, it just worked out really well because, obviously, he enjoyed it as well. And, like, you could do so much... F- it was so much fun doing that, you know? Like, as we're doing now, like, chatting about stuff that we really enjoy. Like, we don't do it because, like, oh, this would be great content on whatever, you know? We do it because it's fun and it's, like, enjoyable to do, you know? We don't think about all the, you know, the, the uh, in the nicest words, bullshit that gets, you know, pushed in with this kind of stuff, with mm-hmm. creative stuff. Yeah, it just gets pushed in. But, like, if you cut it down to it, if you enjoy it, then that's fine you know and you don't need to, you shouldn't have to worry about that you know because as i said you know me and joe and uh, you know we work you know as even though we're in bands we work jobs you know mm-hmm. and uh, even though you know we make we try and make fun of it you know we like you know we try and enjoy the jobs but it's not our first labor you know the, that's why we went to university to study music we did it because we enjoyed playing it and we wanted to study it because it was an enjoyment rather than it being a task or like trying to make money out of it you know which to me like I think you know when we first when, when I first joined uni I wanted to like I definitely wanted to do music I, I, I wanted to I wanted to do music since I was like I think 12 you know I've, I've had such a passion for it ever since and I think I think we can all agree that we've all wanted you know um, <laughs> even AJ even AJ even though he doesn't play he definitely wants to do music. I I love the damn stuff. <laughs> you know, it's it's that it. But we knew, like I know, I can uh, you know speaking to Josh and speaking to Toby, we all wanted to do music at an early age. And um, and when I started, I remember thinking to myself, obviously money comes with it. But at the same time, I loved the idea of going on stage and you know 
in and uh, and just like planes of people that enjoyed it and got down with it the same way I did, you know. Because to me that was so fun, you know, like that was great, you know. And in you know in those days, no alcohol, no drugs, no women, no, <laughs> none of that stuff, you know. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a factor. No, it wasn't. I was already eleven <laughs> doing a talent contest at my at my secondary school, you know. It was just fun, and everyone was getting down to it, you know. Yeah. And um, but you know that was it. And I think if we keep in mind with that kind of mentality you know it does make things a lot easier to work out with stuff you know because because mm. at the end of the day that, that's why we do it isn't it yeah, you yeah, shouldn't do it because yeah. you want to be famous you shouldn't do it because you want to get laid but you now I do, do want to do it because I want to get famous and it's because yeah. I want to get laid that's a that's a that's a no, very no, no. no. No, I mean, like, you know. Are you joking or are you not? Well, it's, 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 it's a two-blade. What's that, what's that saying when it's like. Dual-edged sword. Do, yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, I, I would love to make me. Like, I'd love to make money out of it because in the at the end of the day, you know, we, you've got to make a living. And, like, I'd love to live in West Hampstead and, you know, go dog walking on the, on the heath, you know. But, like, I can't because I can't afford it. But, like,. It would be a great thing to do, you know, like like all of us. Really. No, but I think that that doesn't necessarily equal success. So that I think what AJ was asking was the the difference between. So it's it's the it's the famous and the celebrated for being where you are, or it's being successful in where you are. So successful um, defined and not, in your terms, yeah, rather than and not making actual money out. Of it. But that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, well, whatever success looks like. Yeah, go sure. on then, Toby. That's Toby's the thing. Like, I, I, the, the one thing, the one thing that I, I kind of want to ask is that, depending on who you are, so so Jake, kind of, just a question to you, not taking over AJ's. Go on, <laughs> go, on, go, on, go, on go on, go on. AJ's fuming. He's like, red. What, yes, what is um, what is success? Yeah. What is like? Because obviously, you want to do music. You want yeah. to be successful in music. But what is success to you? Like, what what okay. do you want to kind of gain within? First and foremost, the f- next five years, maybe one year yeah. as well. The short term, the medium term, the long term. Okay, well, I'm glad you asked that, Toby. Um, <laughs> it's funny because, like, as we were talking about this whole subject about, like, post, um, you know, education or slash, like, you know, work being at uni. Or se- I call it semi-adulthood. Yeah, semi-adulthood. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good shout. It's funny because you come out of uni and, like, obviously, because you're on the same course as, uh, yeah, as Josh, um, there's a lot of things get said to you about uh, the industry and the way that you work and the way that you do things that make you feel like it should be done in a certain way. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, I think it does kind of distract you from like the main point of what you might want to be doing. Like for instance, when we, because as I said, <laughs> a little uh, shout out to uh, Goodbye Brighton. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I, when I no, but that's the thing. That, the question that I'm asking is yeah. like, what do you kind of define as success? Okay. Like to yourself, like what what do you kind well, of? Well, as my personal opinion of being successful. And might be maybe you could say it was humble or something, but maybe it's probably not. Maybe it's just really pompous for me to say. But like making an honest, well, making an actual living out of doing, um, you know, music really. Mm. Which I think I'm looking around the like room now, and I think we all kind of agree on that. Yeah. Because I don't really 
mind like I don't want to have loads of money I don't really want to have like loads of adorn you know I don't want I just want to have a normal life really well I'm, as such my life is not really like that normal like the stereotypical kind of you know I want it well like there's no, I think in the way there's no such thing as a stereotypical life because the thing is we all go through different changes in our life whether it be musical or not you know or like create you know little bit <laughs> you mean financially comfortable yeah, yeah. just comfortable you know? I, yeah. I, I would I, I reference the freaking rant at the beginning of train spotting all the time mm. and yes. when Ian McGregor is saying choose life yeah, and yeah, choose yeah. this I think the basic premise of that rant is that whatever you are doing to get the big TV and the house and the wife and the kids is something that you don't want to do but the idea of getting all of those things on your terms by doing something you want to do is kind of that platonic idea. Of course, idea. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just a quick little top point out to that transporting. Did you see the uh, the sequel? I did not. Because, just the quick one, it's funny that you brought that thing up because Ewan McGregor's character, Renton, actually talks about that bit because I, as a fa- uh, same as you, I yeah. was a big fan of that kind of statement um, because to me, it's like, what does that mean? You know, choose life. Do, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he explains obviously because back in the eighties, it was a big slogan. You know, like George Michael wore it on a t shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, it was you know uh, uh, you know the big you know the thing with AIDS like yep. breaking out. You know, and um, and the thing was, it, he explains it. He explains it in the film. And uh, it's incredible. If you haven't seen it yet, like some people, it's like mixed thing. I really like the film, but like that, if you want to see a bit of it, watch that bit because he explains it. Because this woman asks him, "What? Why do you say choose life?" You know, and it's great. It's fantastic. Sorry, let's carry on about what we're we yeah. going on about. You know, I think you're right. It's, it's almost like uh, that. I think I agree with what you're saying. It's like that whole choose life speech is almost like like a fuck you to Thatcherite consumers. That's exactly right. That's exactly, That's exactly what exactly it is. Right. But, I, I, but yeah, I think continuing on from what Jake said, um, what success means to me is exactly the same. It's like making an honest living about, uh, mm. uh, making honest, making an honest living out of what I just love doing. And at the moment, I don't, you know, I don't love hospitality. You know, I don't dislike it, but I don't love it. I'm not passionate yeah about pouring pints mm, yeah. whereas I'm passionate about playing drums but I don't make a living out of it I don't I don't pay my rent from paying drums but you know on, on you know maybe maybe hopefully in the next five or six years I wake up one day and think to myself you're gonna play drums me. today I I make a living out of playing drums like one day I'm hoping that's you know I'm you have to hope. You have to have hope in this industry. Like no question. Yeah, yeah. One day I'm, I am hoping that I'll wake up and say to myself, "I make a living out of playing drums." We're just being, speaking. Speaking of which, we've got another yeah. drummer in the room. So, Jimmy so, so, so the seventh person who's going to welcome onto this just smorgasbord of a podcast <laughs> is my good friend, my brother Jimmy Brimacombe. Cool, Jim the Worm Brimacombe. And Jim, do you think that if you got to be a musician for a living that that would be and like let's say you'd never end up with the most extravagant livings and whatnot but it was enough to get by would that be enough yes no question no none (laughs) and if and if and if if you're paying your bills doing what you want to do then that surely should be enough right same people and if (laughs) lots of money is nice a lot of people would like a lot of money but if you can but that's attained by doing 
generally things that you don't want to do. Mm. I think if you have if lots you of do money. It with things that you do love doing, then there you go. You're in the money. Go, Christine. I think I think if you have lots of money in the end, like I think if you have a lot of money, you lose the value of nice things. I mean, you need to find. It sounds really corny, but you need to find happiness somewhere else mm-hmm. other than you know material. You know, a nice house, nice bags, nice cars. I think you obviously need to search for something bigger, greater than that. Mm. You need to find I mean. your John Mayer to fix your life. <laughs> You've got to find your I'll John s- Mayer in life. I'll say, <laughs> this in, I'll say this in closing. The most, uh, like, find, I think finding your happiness is uh, about the confluence of those two things. So it's about getting paid to do what you love and also finding the people. That's the, that's the one factor that we have yeah. not talked about. We've sort of Amen. been better than, yeah, Oh, Joe, all right, I got you. I do have something to say. It's not, yes. not necessarily, like, music-related, but I think, Go like, ahead. I guess there's a few examples of people who are, like, incredibly rich. But, I mean, take, for example, someone like... Um, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, sure. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone. Know, does everyone here know who Elon Musk is? Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, is he that famous? Okay. Yeah, Tesla. 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 Yeah, yeah. Tesla. Oh, so Tesla. if you look at someone like that, like clearly Elon Musk is incredibly happy, but he, he like, because he, you know, he's made billions and billions. He's a billionaire. Yeah. Like, a billion times over, he's a yeah. billionaire. Gotcha. But I can tell that he's incredibly happy because, mm-hmm. like, there is that, as you said, there's that confluence of like what he loves doing and actually making a living out of it mm-hmm. and it just so happens to be in the right industry but 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 you know you know what i mean like you know if, if elon musk was making you know just enough to get by doing what exactly that what, what doing exactly the same thing he probably still would still be happy he probably yeah. would still be we happy. hope he would so like, yeah, can yeah. i just quickly say to kind of counteract that argument in 2008 there was kind of uh there was a survey that going around about the, the kind of happiest places in and around the world. Uh-huh. And it yeah. turned out that the Denmark. happiest... Denmark. Harrow no, was number no. one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It turned out that one of, the, one of the happiest places in the world was a slum in Mumbai. Because all they had around them is they had, they had good people around them. They had the ability to kind of... Fair enough. They 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 kind of have to try and make as they have to try and make yeah. money. But what they do is they base themselves on the people around them. That is the yeah. most important thing mm-hmm. to I mean, anything. If, like if I may interject, it depends. It depends on how you, as a person, define wealth. Like wealth for me is the happiness and healthiness of my friends and family. And you know, wealth for someone else maybe how big their house is, how much money they have in the bank. It's all de- yeah. It all depends on, you know, how you view that yourself. No, it's exactly. a very personal thing, yeah. In closing, <laughs> guys, because we've been going at it a while, I will say that my definition of happiness, the reason that I uh, sort of set up coming back to London three years after studying abroad was because... <laughs> Uh, my definition of wealth, most definitely, is friends and food. That's what uh, John <laughs> food. Is, is food. It's food. food and friends. Yeah, my my. I think my mom asked me a year ago. She's like, AJ, what what have we taught you as parents? And I said, Well, I think you taught me that if you have uh, good good food with good people, then that's pretty much all you need. Mm. And today we had an absolute ball just throwing a tire around. That. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that was a ball Epicurean <laughs> statement. Yeah, and I think that uh, hopefully all the people who are in this podcast. Uh, oh, Joe, can I just no? Yes, oh, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Whoa, 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 whoa! I, just wanna, I wanna. I've got. Oh, a of course, he's gonna go for twenty minutes again. 